وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةَ أَنِشْكُرْ لِلَّهِ And certainly we gave wisdom to Luqman saying that be grateful to Allah. Remember the surah is a Makki surah and the emphasis is on akhlaq, on morals, on beliefs, on faith. And in the previous ayat that was emphasized, oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was mentioned. The truthfulness of the Qur'an is being emphasized over there. And over here, the advice of Luqman is mentioned. Rather, the advice that Allah gave to Luqman is given. And then further, the advice that Luqman gave to his son is mentioned. It is as if the people of Mecca are being told that this is the Qur'an. It calls you to that which is best. It calls you to wisdom. This is a wise instruction. But if you don't want to accept the words of the Qur'an, you don't want to accept the words of Muhammad wasallam. then look at your own icons of wisdom. Look at the people that you, you refer to when it comes to wisdom. Look at the people whom you consider wise. What did they say? How is it that they lived? What is it that they worshipped? Luqman was someone who was very famous in Arabian culture, you could say, or in their hadith. Alright, in their conversations, in their stories. There were many stories of Luqman that were well known amongst the Arabs. Now, who is Luqman? Who was Luqman? Luqman, remember, he was a wise man who lived long time before the Prophet wasallam, And amongst the Arabs, he was known as someone who was very, very wise. Meaning the stories of his wisdom were famous amongst the Arabs. So anytime you know, a story of an intelligent person had to be mentioned, they would mention the story of Luqman. Words of wisdom had to be mentioned somewhere, quoted somewhere, they would quote the words of Luqman. Alright? So over here the mushrikeen are being told, you don't follow the Qur'an, you don't follow Muhammad wasallam. look at Luqman. What did he do? How did he live? He also worshipped Allah alone. Now Luqman, there is some difference of opinion. Some said that he was a prophet and others say that no, he was not a prophet. Some say that he lived at the time of Dawood salam. Some say that he was a qadi at the time of Dawood salam. Allahu A'lam. The thing is that we don't have any proof for any of this. It's all just conjecture. And there's no no point in, in going into this discussion. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not mentioned it. The Prophet ﷺ did not tell us about the background of Luqman. But what we do learn from the Qur'an is that Luqman was known for his wisdom. Alright? So he's known for his hikmah. One of the stories of Luqman that is given is that Luqman was actually a slave. Alright, he was a slave. And once his master, he told him, slaughter an animal and bring me the best parts of it, the most delicious parts of it. And Luqman, he brought the heart and the tongue. So the master was like, okay, the heart and tongue, nice. Then after some time, he said, bring me the worst parts of it. And he brought the same thing, heart and the tongue. So the master got, you know, a little worried here or rather confused here that when I asked you for the best parts you brought the same and when I asked you for the worst parts you brought the same and Luqman said that the heart and the tongue if they are the best then there is nothing else in the body that could be better than them and if they are the worst then there could be nothing in the body that could be worse than the heart and the tongue 
There are many other stories about Luqman which are narrated telling us that he was a slave. Some say that he was Ethiopian, some say he was Egyptian, some say he was from a place called Nubia, some say he was from Sudan. Allahu a'lam where he was from. And that really is something irrelevant to us. It doesn't really concern us. There is a story about Luqman which is mentioned, Ibn Abi Hatim, he reported it, that Luqman was a slave. Alright? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a lot of honor. He rafa'a Luqman hakim bi hikmatihi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exalted him, he raised him, you know, in his status, in his position amongst his people because of his wisdom. So what happened that Luqman, he got so much attention, people would come and learn from him, from his wisdom, that once a man came to him and he recognized him, he said, Aren't you the same guy who used to, back in the day, look after sheep with me? Weren't we shepherds together? Are you the same person? And Luqman said, yes I am. He said, what happened? How did you get up here so high? And Luqman replied, Qadarullah, by recognizing the qadr, the value of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by giving Allah His rank. وَأَدَاءُ الْأَمَانَةِ And by fulfilling responsibility. وَصِدْقُ الْحَدِيثِ And by speaking the truth. وَتَرْكِ مَا لَا يَعْنِينِ And leaving that which doesn't concern me. So these are the things that brought me success in this life. It is said that Luqman was dark-skinned. He was Ethiopian, Egyptian, Nubia, Sudan. And people from these places are known for their dark skin. And what happened is that once... Sa'id bin Musayyib, a man came to him, alright? And he started complaining to him that people treat me differently because of the color of my skin. Sa'id bin Musayyib said, La tahzan min ajli annaka aswad. Do not feel sad because your skin is dark. فَإِنَّهُ كَانَ مِنْ أَخْيَرِ النَّاسِ ثَلَاثَةَ مِنَ السُّدَانِ because of the best people, people who were chosen were also dark. They were dark-skinned. And he mentioned three people over here. Bilal radiallahu anhu. He mentioned Mahja, who was the mawla of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu. And he mentioned Luqman Hakim. You see, it is our foolishness that we think people of a certain skin color, they are smart, they are intelligent. And people of a different skin color, they are perhaps not that smart, not that intelligent. This is our foolishness. This is our stupidity, really. It really shows how unaware, how ignorant we are, that we think smartness is by the color of skin. It's not by the color of skin. Intelligence is... As we will learn over here, the standards are different near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Luqman Hakim, known for his wisdom. If you think about it, he was famous for his wisdom amongst the Arabs. And people knew Luqman to be a slave, who was once upon a time a slave. Imagine an Arab society where slaves were looked down upon. Imagine, slaves had no value whatsoever. But despite his social status, Luqman was famous for his wisdom amongst the Arabs. In Arab society, in that culture specifically, in Mecca for example, people of dark skin were looked down upon. But what happened? Luqman was known for his wisdom. So intelligence, high position, high rank, doesn't come with our physical appearance. It comes with what is in our brain. It comes with what is in our heart. It comes with our actions. 
In hadith we learn the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah does not look at your faces and your wealth because He's the one who gave them to you. Isn't it? What is it that Allah looks at? Your heart and your deeds. Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. That way, Shair, he said, Al ilmu yarfa'u baytan la imada lahu, wal jahlu yahdimu bayt al izzi wa sharaf. Yes. That knowledge, it raises, you know, the house, the structure that has no pillar, no pillar to it, meaning something that has nothing else to stand on, but knowledge will elevate it. And on the other hand, Ignorance is something that destroys, that demolishes a whole structure. Meaning if a person has every other reason to feel great, but he doesn't have knowledge, then that is enough to degrade him. Go ahead. I heard in a lecture by Sheikh Omar Suleiman that Musa salam was also dark-skinned. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Luqman Hakim. You know, he's known as Luqman Hakim. Luqman the wise, who's known for his wisdom. Because that is what matters. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ And certainly, أَتَيْنَا We gave لُقْمَانَ to Luqman الْحِكْمَةَ Wisdom. We gave to Luqman wisdom. Notice the ayah begins with وَلَقَدْ and What does and mean? That what is being mentioned is connected with the previous. What was mentioned previously? Who was mentioned previously? Which individual? وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَشْتَرِي لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ نَضْرُ بِنْ Who used to buy لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ in order to mislead people from the way of Allah. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned someone who was wise. Because نَضْرُ بِنْ did something that was extremely foolish. Luqman was wise. الْحِكْمَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him that. What is حِكْمَةِ حِكْمَةِ Remember, first of all, أَتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ We gave to Luqman wisdom. Remember that wisdom and knowledge, they are gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are not attained by mere study. Okay, Meaning a person can study, he can read a lot, he can watch a lot, he can interact with people a lot, but it's not necessary that he will retain everything, that he will understand everything, that he will grasp everything, that he'll be able to benefit from it. And on the other hand, there are other people who don't get that much exposure, but their level of knowledge, their level of wisdom is amazing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives wisdom, just as He gives knowledge and other blessings. So we gave to Luqman hikmah, knowledge, wisdom, they are divine gifts. Also remember one thing, that wisdom, hikmah is different from ilm. Okay? Ilm is knowledge. You know, awareness of what is what. Knowing what is what. This is ilm. Alright? Now a person may have a lot of knowledge, but that doesn't mean that they also have hikmah, that they also have wisdom. Okay? Think about it. When we do something wrong, okay? And somebody asks us, or we ask ourselves, don't you know this is wrong? Don't you know you're not supposed to do this? What do you tell yourself? Yeah, I know. I know. So we know, still we do something wrong, knowingly. Isn't it? Why? Because we may have ilm, but we don't have hikmah. What is hikmah? Hikmah, wad'u shay'i fi mahallihi. 
to put something where it belongs, where it should be. This is what hikmah is. Wisdom. To put something where it belongs. So you know something should be done, hikmah is, do it. You know that something should not be done, hikmah is, don't do it. You understand? So hikmah is basically the ability to put knowledge into action. This is what it is, simple. In simple words, this is essentially what wisdom is. To put knowledge into action. And you can't put knowledge into action if you haven't learned it, if you haven't acquired it, if you haven't understood it, if you haven't internalized it, if you don't remember it at that time, you can't put it in action. Right? So if you think about it, knowledge, having knowledge doesn't mean that you will certainly have wisdom. But if you have wisdom, what does it mean? That you have knowledge. So, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ We gave to Luqman hikmah. Meaning we gave him knowledge and wisdom. We gave him wisdom. Wisdom means that he definitely was given knowledge as well. Al-Razi, Imam Al-Razi, he said that hikmah is the ability to do amal according to ilm. It's the ability to practice what you've learned. Ibn Abbas said that hikmah is intelligence and fahm wa farasa. It's intelligence, understanding, and foresight. It's the ability to understand. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَن يُؤْتَ الْحِكْمَةَ فَقَدْ أُوْتِيَ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Whoever has been given wisdom, then he's been given a lot of goodness. A lot of goodness. You know, about hikmah, we've also learned that it's making the right decision at the right time. Right? Because when you're making a decision, you're basically deciding to do something. Right? So you're making the right decision, meaning to do something or to not do something, according to what? According to your knowledge. That I should say this over here. No, I should not say this over here. I should say it in this way. No, I should not say it in that way. Right? So hikmah is the ability to transform knowledge into action. To really apply what you've learned. Hikmah is from hakama, And hakama is also explained as restraint. Hakama, restraint, to hold back. Because what does wisdom do? What does wisdom do? It forces you to hold yourself on a certain, for example, mode of behavior. Right? It makes you comply by certain guidelines, by certain knowledge that you've acquired. Rules that you have learned. When you hold yourself, you know, on a certain behavior, do this or don't do this. This is wisdom. Okay? So wisdom prevents a person from doing what is harmful in this world or in the next world. It restrains a person on the proper path. This is hikmah. So, وَلَقَدْ أَتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ We gave to Luqman al-hikmah. Wisdom. Allah gave it to him. And there's so many who have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom. If you think about it, weren't there? You know, for example, Abu Jahl. Did he not know that the Prophet ﷺ was true? He knew, right? But what is it that he lacked? Wisdom. Because if he had even a little bit of wisdom, what would he do? He would believe in the Prophet ﷺ. When he didn't believe in the Prophet ﷺ, didn't he do... Foolish things? Foolish things? Didn't he? Iblis. Does he not have ilm? That Allah is al-ilah. That Allah deserves to be obeyed. 
Doesn't he have ilm that the day of judgment is coming? Doesn't he have ilm that there is hellfire? He knows. But what is it that he lacks? Wisdom. Because that knowledge is not benefiting him. So he is doing the most foolish things, leading people away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is so foolish. You know when you think about shaitan, and you wonder, shaitan knows there is hell at the end? But still, have you ever thought about this in your head? If shaitan repented, would Allah forgive him? What if shaitan did tawbah? Have you ever had that thought? What if shaitan did tawbah? I mean, if you think about it, shaitan could do tawbah. But he doesn't. And the fact that he doesn't, and the fact that he won't, what does that show? Foolishness, despite knowledge. Foolishness, despite awareness. May Allah protect us from such foolishness. That we know, yet we don't care. That we know, yet we don't benefit from what we know. We don't bring it in our action. That knowledge doesn't restrain us. It doesn't prevent us from doing what is harmful. Yes. But ilm it's something that Allah gives to your heart. Yeah. Example, I was just thinking, people who are becoming Muslim, Allah gave them the wisdom to go back. And Surah Al-Baqarah tells you that even though that Allah can make them Muslim the entire world, their heart, is He didn't put that wisdom in them. Um, more like, uh, so it's a wisdom, it's something that Allah provides yeah. to us. And this is why if you think about it, whenever wisdom is mentioned, that Allah is the one who gave it. Right? hikmata. Whoever is given wisdom, given, not that he acquires it, he's given it. Given by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? It is said, Ra'sul hikmati makhafatullah. That the head of wisdom is fear of Allah. This is the peak of it. The peak of wisdom is to fear Allah. This is the core. This is what brings wisdom. This is what makes a person wise. Fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And over here, what is mentioned? وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ Allah gave wisdom to Luqman. أَنِشْكُرْ لِلَّهِ On that... Ushkur, be grateful, lillahi to Allah. This was the wisdom that Allah gave to Luqman. What was the wisdom? Gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the first part of wisdom, to thank Allah the exalted. What does this show then? Gratitude is a sign of wisdom. If a person is grateful to his Lord, that is a proof that this person is grateful. And if a person is ungrateful, what is that a proof of? What is that a proof of? Foolishness. Wisdom is to recognize who you are and who your maker is. I am the recipient and Allah is the giver. Always. I am always receiving, Allah is always giving. Whether it is that I'm receiving His blessings, or it is that I'm receiving His forgiveness, or it is that I'm receiving His pardon, whatever. I am receiving, I am needy, and He is the giver. I am the dependent, and He is the independent. I need Him, and He does not need me. This is wisdom. This recognition that I am the servant, and Allah is the Lord. And basically what that means is, 
Oh Allah, thank you. All praise to you. All thanks to you. You are perfect. This is shukr. This is wisdom. Anishkur lillah. So the wisdom Luqman was given was, Ushkur, Ushkur. What is Ushkur? You be grateful. Meaning you must be grateful. What does that mean? That no matter what the situation is, no matter what the context is, find a reason to be grateful. Because you always have a reason to be grateful. What is shukr? Shukr is basically i'tirafun nirma and idharun nirma. I'tirafun nirma meaning acknowledging, recognizing the blessing, and then idharun nirma showing appreciation for that blessing. So first of all, it is to feel, to recognize that blessing where in your heart, and not just think about it, but really feel it. You know, feel that emotion of gratitude in your heart. And not just that, you know, it's shukr with the qalb, but then shukr with the lisan and also the jawarih. To express gratitude verbally. And then to also prove it with one's actions. Like Dawood a.s. I'malu ala Dawood shukra. Allah says, work, O family of Dawood, in gratitude. Meaning show that gratitude how? With your actions. Prove it. This is shukr. I'tirafun nirma and idharun nirma. So whoever thanks Allah has shown wisdom. And whoever is ungrateful to Allah has shown foolishness. A wise person is the one who knows where his blessings are coming from. And if you think about it, a thankful person, right? Is he going to be positive? Seriously. Sometimes a little too positive, right? But... But they're going to be positive, right? Are they going to fuss about the problem that they're in or work towards a solution? Work towards a solution. Isn't that intelligent? Seriously, isn't that intelligent? Like for example, if you're driving and you realize that you're out of gas in your car, almost finished. Okay? Now one is that you get angry over there, you hit the steering wheel and you look for your phone and you're like, where's my husband? You just call him and you give him a piece of your mind. Okay? Uh, is that wise? No. Because if a police officer drove by and saw you with your phone, you could be in a lot of problem. Right? What is intelligence over here? What's a solution now? The solution is, stop somewhere look where the nearest gas station is. Isn't it? You're working towards a solution. Is that intelligent? That is intelligent. But tell me something, when is it that you can work towards a solution? When you are grateful that Alhamdulillah, you have your wallet with you. Right? When you're grateful that Alhamdulillah, you're not on the highway yet. When you're grateful that Alhamdulillah, you know how to fill the gas yourself. You understand? Gratitude forces you to be positive. It forces you to work towards solutions and not sit with your problems. And that is wisdom. This is the wisdom that who was given? Luqman was given. And if you think about it, all the prophets of Allah had this noble quality. Nuh alayhi salam, when he's mentioned, إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَبْدًا 
Shakura. He was a grateful servant. When Ibrahim السلام, is mentioned, li He was grateful for his blessings. The Prophet ﷺ, when he would pray salah so much, what would he say? Afala akuna abdan shakura. Should I not be a grateful servant? So all of the intelligent, wise, successful servants of Allah, what quality is it that they share? The quality of gratitude. وَمَن يَشْكُرْ and whoever is grateful, Allah says, فَإِنَّمَا Then indeed only, يَشْكُرُ He is grateful, لِنَفْسِهِ For himself. When a person is grateful, then who is it that they're benefiting ultimately? Themselves. Thanking Allah is ultimately benefiting oneself. Because who are we? Allah's servants. When we thank Him, we are showing servitude. When we're showing servitude, we are fulfilling the purpose of our lives. Which means we will be successful. So whoever is grateful, he is grateful for the benefit of himself. You know, it is said that ashukru qaydun lil mawjud. That shukr, gratitude is a way of Imprisoning what you have. It's a qaid. What's a qaid? Qaid. Prison. Okay? So it's a way of basically keeping what you have. You want to keep your blessings? Be grateful. And it is wasaidun lil mafqood. That which you don't have, gratitude is gonna go hunt it. It's gonna go bring it. What's missing in your life, if you're grateful, gratitude is gonna bring it in your life. And it is وَمُوجِبُ تَقَرُّبٍ إِلَى الْمَعْبُودِ It is definitely something that's going to draw you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَثَوَابُ فِي دَارِ الْخُلُودِ And it's something that will bring you reward in the home of eternity. So really, وَمَنْ يَشْكُرْ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ He is benefiting himself. You know, earlier we learned that hikmah, whoever is given hikmah, then he is given a lot of good. Hikmah is the key to khair. Right? And the crux of hikmah, the core of hikmah is shukr. And what is shukr? Goodness upon goodness. In Surah Fussilat, ayah 46, Allah says, مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلِنَفْسِ Whoever does good, he does it for himself. This is why, أُشْكُرْ لِلَّهِ Be grateful, no matter what the situation is. The Prophet ﷺ said, Amazing is the affair of the believer. Right? That if something good happens, he is grateful and that's good for him. If something bad happens, he is patient and that is good for him. You see, patience is also a form of gratitude. Sabr and shukr always go together. You cannot express shukr if you're not having sabr. And you cannot do sabr unless you are also grateful. They both go hand in hand. Sabr and shukr. Which is why you will find many, you know, for example, books on patience and gratitude. Because they go hand in hand. So, وَمَن يَشْكُرْ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ وَمَن كَفَرَ And whoever is ungrateful, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ حَمِيدٌ Then indeed Allah is rich, independent, حَمِيد, praiseworthy. كَفَرَ What is kafara? To disbelieve. But remember the literal meaning of the word kafara. Kavara. To cover. Okay? To cover. To hide. So this is why kufr is not just understood as disbelief, but it's also understood as ingratitude. Because ingratitude means you're not acknowledging the blessing. You're pretending like they don't exist. You're pretending like they're not there. You're covering them. The blessings are 
there, ever present in your life. But if you're pretending like they're not there, you're covering them, hiding them, ignoring them. So whoever does this, then Allah is ghani. He is free of need. Meaning He doesn't need your gratitude. And He is Hamid, praiseworthy, even if you don't thank Him. Who is Hamid? Hamid is one who deserves hamd. Who is worthy of hamd. Even if no one is expressing hamd. Even if no one is praising currently, presently, still He is deserving of it. He is worthy of it. Because of who He is. So Allah is deserving of gratitude whether we show that gratitude or not. We thank Him or we don't thank Him. Allah still deserves that thanks. Why? Because His favors are too many. وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you start counting the blessings of Allah, you cannot enumerate them. This is why the Prophet ﷺ, he taught us this dua, اللَّهُمَّ أَعِنِّي عَلَى ذِكْرِكَ وَالشُّكْرِكَ وَحُسْنِ عِبَادَتِكَ Allah, you help me to remember you, to thank you, and to worship you beautifully. Because no one can thank Allah without Allah's gift, His tawfiq. So, وَمَنْ يَشْكُرْ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ حَمِيدٌ So, what's the core of wisdom? Hmm? Shukr. What was the wisdom that was given to Luqman? Be grateful. Why? Why? From the ayah, what's the benefit of gratitude? Tell me the benefit of gratitude. Yes. You benefit yourself when you're grateful. Because لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ And when you're benefiting yourself, you're being smart. Right? And if a person is ungrateful, who is he harming? Himself. Is that being smart or is that being foolish? It's being foolish. I was searching how to memorize Quran to help kids. And then I was, uh, this non-Muslim, she's professor, she was saying, if you mention three things, like, if you are grateful for three things every day, she said, then you will memorize things better. Mm. It even affects your memory, your ability to learn. Really, it's amazing. The effects of gratitude on your brain, on your life, on your thinking, There are way too many to count. There is this uh, TED talk that I found. Just listen to it, please. A few minutes from it. Us from feeling sorry for ourselves to feeling joy. Over the decades, turns out it's me who's the slow learner because I've had to learn gratitude more than once. Think I've finally got it and want to share with you the full scoop on gratitude. New scientific research reveals that doing a daily gratitude exercise will make you happier, more self-disciplined, more able to achieve your goals, even physically healthier. And perhaps best of all, gratitude frees us from emotional pain. If you want to let go of emotional pain, choose gratitude. Or if you simply want to feel more joy, Choose gratitude. Because when you feel more joy, you make the world more joyful. You need just three easy keys. Emote, extend, and exercise. Emote. 
meaning it's not enough just to think about gratitude. You've got to feel the emotion. Extend, as in extend your gratitude beyond yourself to include other people. Be grateful for other people. Exercise. Do your daily gratitude exercise. Emote, extend, exercise. Say it with me. Emote, extend, exercise. When you practice gratitude correctly, you tap into neuroplasticity, brain plasticity. That's the discovery that we can restructure our physical brains by using our minds to create better brain cell connections. When you use the three keys, you unlock your neuroplasticity. When you emote, you fire up the hippocampus, your brain's center of learning and memory. When you extend your gratitude to include other people, you spark the most highly evolved areas of the human brain devoted to social intelligence. And finally, in order for those wonderful new brain cell connections to go into long-term memory, to spread out into the subconscious, where they become deep beliefs that drive you forward, that takes the regular repetition of daily exercise. Emote, extend, exercise. Say it with me. Emote, extend, exercise. Gratitude is especially powerful at healing childhood wounds. One of my clients, talented architect, grew up with a cruel, abusive father. And my client was carrying around a sense of victimhood, which was understandable. But it made him feel helpless, less self-confident, which was limiting his personal and professional success. Using the three keys, my clients began doing a daily gratitude exercise. Within one month, was attracting better customers, making more money. Plus, now he's just a whole lot happier. He emailed me to say how glad he is. Just being thankful for the things I have, he wrote, instead of focusing on the things I don't have. See, all of us experienced some negativity during childhood. That's just life. The problem is children are vulnerable. Children cannot defend themselves against negative information. The part of the brain that allows us to make our own judgments and to block bad information is the prefrontal cortex right up here. It's the last part of the brain to develop. Its physical structure isn't fully formed until after age 20. So when we are kids, Negative information slips easily deep into the brain unfiltered. And the more emotionally charged those negative messages are, the more they stick in the subconscious. They become what we call limiting beliefs, which will hold us back, just as my client's sense of victimhood was holding him back. Gratitude freed my client from old limiting beliefs. It can do the same for you. Being a slow learner, it's taken me a long while. But today I'm grateful even for my own family history, as strange as it was. 
So inshallah you can watch the rest of it at your own time. It's a it's a 20 minute long talk. So, what are the three keys of three tools? What are they of gratitude? Emote, feel it. This is shukr where? In the qalb, in your heart, right? Secondly, extend. What does that mean? Express it. Include others in your feeling of gratitude, meaning don't just feel it in your heart. verbally express it also right feel gratitude for others you know be grateful for example not just for what you've got but also what your family has and mention it through the lisan right shukr bil lisan wa amma bi ni'mati rabbika fahaddith and what's the third exercise what does that mean practice it right practice gratitude whether it's in the form of writing something that you're grateful for you know doing something like for example helping somebody in need because you're feeling grateful this is with the jawarih shukr bil jawarih right what are the effects of gratitude that you learned from this clip what are the effects what are the benefits okay what else okay be more specific yes And what's the benefit of that? Okay, so improves your memory, social intelligence. What else? Anything else? Healing, healing wounds. Which wounds? Which are especially from childhood. Do you ever think about what happened when you were a kid, and then you start crying over that? I'm not joking. I'm not saying it in a bad way. It's true it happens. I mean in the following verses we're going to learn about showing gratitude to your parents for example, right? And what happens is that whenever we're thinking about our parents and being good to them, we think about what happened when we were little. How they spoke to us, how they didn't get us what we wanted, how they were so strict with us and these are all childhood wounds, right? But gratitude helps you get over all such things وَمَن يَشْكُرْ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرْ لِنَفْسِهِ we're only going to benefit ourselves it's a key to success this is what makes a person intelligent this is key to wisdom and wisdom is what makes a person successful فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ yes Yeah, it basically overall improves your brain, your thinking, right? New brain cells, whatever, newer connections. It improves your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, of course, your spiritual well-being. Because if it didn't benefit you spiritually, why would Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in His book tell us so many times to be grateful? And if you think about exercising gratitude, are we made to exercise gratitude every day? How? Salah. What is salah about? Thanking Allah. Shukr. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. How many times we say it in, in our salah? After salah also. 33 times say Alhamdulillah. 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 Right? Because there is a benefit to it. وَمَن يَشْكُرْ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ وَمَن كَفَرَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ حَمِيدٌ If someone's ungrateful, they're only harming themselves. Just recently I've joined yoga classes and mm-hmm. alhamdulillah whenever I go to yoga classes our teacher 
yoga teacher after letting us do all the actions of yoga when she asked us to lay down on our backs and just relax ourselves after yoga she always says that be grateful and feel gratitude to for whatever you have in life and for 5 minutes she just let us be grateful for whatever we have in life and this is the part of doing yoga she says that that will increase your physical health and your mental health and every single thing and that just amazes me that how can you relate two things because right at that moment i started being grateful to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i say oh allah thank you very much for this so thank you very much for but i sometimes think that what other people are being grateful whom they are being grateful to she doesn't mention the name god but she say be grateful show the gratitude so it just i just wonder whom they are showing their gratitude to yes and that's a very good point because You know, for example, I could be very grateful for the fact that I have a certain phone, but then I'm being grateful to who? To the people who manufactured it? The husband who gave it? I mean, yes, these are all means, right? They're all means. Al-Muhsin, the true, the real benefactor, who is it? Allah the Exalted. Right? So shukr to Him. And this doesn't mean that we are not grateful to people. Being grateful to Allah, that includes being grateful to people. Okay? Anyway, let's do some homework. Inshallah. Uh, related to gratitude. I hope you wrote down these three things. Emote, extend, and exercise. And also write down, قلب, لسان, and جوارح. Okay? So five things that you're grateful for starting from now until the end of the day, inshallah. Sit down anytime tonight and list five things that you're grateful for. And don't just write it, don't just exercise. Okay? Five things that you're grateful for. Okay? So don't just write it. Emote, feel the emotion. Extend. Say it. Say it out loud. Say it to your mother. You know, for example, if you're really grateful that your sister did the dishes, don't just write it down. I didn't have to do the dishes today, smiley face. Also say it to your sister. Okay? Inshallah. This is your homework. I'm going to inshallah go over this tomorrow. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةَ أَنِشْكُرْ لِلَّهِ وَمَنْ يَشْكُرْ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ حَمِيدٌ